What if everything you've been told is impossible is actually deliciously feasible? What if you could work anywhere, travel, find your purpose, all while growing your wealth and not spending it? Welcome to the Struggle Isn't Real podcast. I'm Cody Sanchez-Baker, and, and my job here is to share how normal people have self-designed their lives, relationships, jobs, and bodies. The question to ask yourself is simply this. What if it was easy? Hello there, my friends. Cody Sanchez-Baker back again on the Struggle Isn't Real podcast. If you're listening, I bet you have a brand, maybe a service, perhaps yourself, that you want to sell or promote, and you need to get your incredible content, product, service, or self noticed in order to sell it, right? Well, here's the problem. Marketing is crowded, noisy, and kind of confusing. So how do you quiet the noise and trumpet your ideas like a supersonic blast? How do your blog posts and paid endorsements not drown in a sea of sameness? We're going to talk to one industry vet about his ideas for how to jumpstart marketing right off the OR table. We're going to talk about if traditional marketing is dead and socials won the game. We're going to talk about do you put time and money into ads in radio and Twitter and Instagram and TV or podcasts? How do you use the right channels and and why? For what type of business? And the man leading us today has a killer perspective. As a longtime traditional marketing content specialist, Jim Knapp is a media man. We spent 45 minutes on the phone prior to this, and, and I realized from his insider business tips to the copy-worthy one-liners he has, not to mention his made-for-radio voice, 45 minutes with him wasn't enough, uh, but it was like a shot of marketing adrenaline straight to the heart. So Jim leads business development for Bonneville Phoenix, KTAR, and Arizona Sports, and he's spent, oh, just the last 30 years crafting the pitches of companies who want to touch all of us through the airwaves. He's been at giants like CBS, and he's counted on as a speaker and influencer for events like HubSpot and its thousands of attendees. So why do I have him on here instead of some blonde 20-something blogger talking about shoppable links and share for shares? Well, hell, let's be honest, I'll probably have one of those on here too. But I firmly believe that when everyone is crowding one space, you've got to think long and hard about why you too are pushing through the crowds. Remember, what if it was easy? So I hope you enjoy my conversa- conversation with Jim Knapp. You can follow him at J-I-M-K-N-A-P-P on Twitter. And I think you're going to learn a few things that you never thought you needed to learn about marketing. All right. Well, welcome back to another episode of The Struggle Isn't Real. I'm pretty excited today to be joined by one of my longtime friends and really an expert in business and an expert, especially in all things related to marketing. So you've heard who Jim Knapp is, but now you are going to hear what Jim Knapp has to say and what you can do to uh, become a guru like he is in all things related to, to marketing. So with that little intro, Jim. Oh boy, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for setting the bar so high. I don't think I can jump over that. Uh, and Cody, so so cool to be with you and to watch. So so right off the top, few disclaimers here. I'm 55 years old. I would never ask you what your age is, uh, and uh, would never be so. Uh, 
forthright, but uh, to watch you grow up. So Cody is uh, the, the child of dear friends of ours. And to watch you grow up and become the superstar you are is just one of life's truly great pleasures. Cody interned for us years ago at a radio station. I don't think I've ever told you this. And um, we sent you out with two of our meat-eating sales reps. Uh, and one of them came back to me and said, okay, so I can tell you right now that this girl is not going to be in media sales. She is going to be ruling the world someday. And uh, here you are on that trajectory. How cool is that? Well, I don't know about that, but I do recall learning a lot of uh, sales tactics from you. And um, and I think well, over the years, like, you don't know, you guys will you'll hear quickly from Jim and, and see this all yourself. But um, what I love about Jim and what I always remember about you is your ability to take not only complex things and make them simplistic, but to make maybe seemingly not that interesting things interesting <laughs> and and do it in a in a one-liner which I'm pretty verbose so I'm not great at that um but um, I remember that about Jim because that's part of the reason I knew I liked sales was hearing how a true sort of sales guy even though you're a radio man too among other things is able to synthesize ideas make them con concrete, get people on board with them. And then in, the, in today's age, really put them in a social media, you know, 140 characters or less. Um, so, Well, I appreciate that, uh, Cody. And to jump in, I wanted to correct your uh, framing of me as an expert. So one, right off the bat, right? Nobody is an expert in marketing. Anybody who tells you they're an expert in marketing is full of it. The most I think you can really say is, you know, I'm an ardent student, ardent student, try to stay on top of everything. You know, I'm an old fart, uh, a self-described old fart marketer. Uh, I've seen a lot of things and then some. Uh, and so, to, you know, to say an expert in this or that or the other thing when Facebook's uh, changing its API every day and Google's changing its algorithm every minute, um, I think is you know, kind of fool, foolhardy. However, thank you so much for the kind compliment. <laughs> that might be one of the quotes I take with me, an ardent student instead of an expert. That's a good one. Instead of an expert, yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, well, let's jump in. So, you know, as a um, self-professed ardent student in, in marketing, you and I talked a lot about sort of traditional marketing versus social media marketing versus strategic marketing. And one thing I want to have you share with, with the listeners today is, you know, people are confused, I think, in starting a new business. I know I was in where to put your marketing dollars and how to attack these different frameworks, whether it's, you know, not, or traditional marketing or what we would call social. So maybe yep. first you could tell me, as somebody who is a marketing professional by trade, yep. what are the different mediums today? How do you categorize them? Yep. Give me your so, little down and dirty on where you would go and why. You know, so the first thing we, we typically do when we engage a client is, you know, first, you, you have to have a framework, right? Marketing is such an abstract exercise that you need frameworks to be able to work, offer, and, and create tangible processes. So right off the top, um, we, you got to, we, we're going to talk to you about, are you a B2B play a business to business play are you a business to consumer play is it a product play is it a service play right right off the top and because I, I think what's happening in marketing 
these days. There's a lot of conflation going on uh, uh, that that B to C and B to B and product and service marketing are like all one thing, and they all should have one strategy, and there should all be one process, and that is just that that's frankly probably a, a byproduct of um, digital native marketers who've really kind of taken control of the marketing narrative a lot these days. Companies like HubSpot, the inbound marketing company that will proclaim traditional marketing and media are dead, which is complete and utter BS. And I can say this as actually being a HubSpot uh, client and partner. So right off the top, there's going to be different strategies and different models depending on whether you're doing B2B or B2C, whether it's marketing a product or a service. And then, you know, at some point, you've got to look at, well, who is the client? Is it a large corporation? Is it a large business? Is it a small and medium business? Is it a one-off consultant? Uh, And then for us, we have a really uh, big question we ask, and that is, Do you care about your product or services market share? Do you care about share is a question we have to ask as because I I help run a, a local mass media company and in mass media, you're going to be reaching a lot of people and it is not inexpensive. And, you know, we joke that we're, we look for clients who have egos with budgets, uh, egos, not, not just personal egos, but I'm like, I'm talking like product or service egos. So we'll ask a client, does it matter to you that you're the number one HVAC contractor in Arizona? Because if the answer comes back, no, not so much, then we would tell you, save your money in mass media then and just go focus on dominating search and have a vibrant social media strategy. But if you want to grow market share, and here comes an old mark, old fart marketer at you, but if you want market share, you have to own mind share. You have to own a share of the mind of the consumer. And that's why mass media, despite what the pundits say, is not dead and it's not going away. And interruptive advertising is always going to be really, really important. I mean, interruptive advertising uh, drives the unaware to the aware, always has been and always will be. And, and maybe even more importantly, it moves the passive consumer to the active consumer. So, you know, you're driving in your car today, you hadn't thought about buying a new car until you heard uh, an advertisement that really got you intrigued about a hybrid car model. And then you look around at the piece of crap you're driving and go, you know what, maybe it's time I get a new car. And then that starts typically, right? What happens next? That starts a search. And then that search might lead you down to a search engine results page where then you're going to sort through and and pick and choose and go educate yourself. And so uh, I think what's happened a lot these days with mass media uh, is that, uh, you know, what's called last click attribution, uh, where Google gets all of this credit 
among, especially among small and medium businesses and, and consultants, you know, it gets all this credit for driving all of this business. When at the end of the day, it was really something else that was the spark of consideration that drove the search intent to begin with. You know, Google bought a company about a year ago called Adometry. And it's a television and radio attribution company. And we wrote a snarky, shocking, uh, snarky little blog uh, about it entitled, um, you know, Offline Impacts Online. Well, now that Google says so, it must be true. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. A year later, we haven't really heard much about adenometry. And we're wondering in our business whether Google has decided maybe it's not so much a good idea for our business long-term to remind everybody that mass media actually has a huge impact on search. Uh, so, uh, you know, so I jumped in immediately uh, upon your question, I jumped immediately into the framework with, I don't know, are we talking B2B, B2C, are we talking product or service? And then I jumped right into, well, for B2C products, you know, yeah, mass media, still is the predominant media platform of choice. Of course it is because mind share equals market share. Hey, Cody, can you name a couple of, uh, you know, uh, uh, male, how about this? Can you name a couple of male teen male deodorant brands off the top of your head? Sure. What do you think? Degree? Maybe that's it. Secret? That's for women though. So I think... Yeah, right. <laughs> I know you're not in the category, right? But the point the point I'm making too is well, you know, uh there's something about there's something going on too with a lot of precision targeting that's happening where marketers are really zeroing in on uh you know the intender audience that is very narrowly defined and very super targeted and that, that's where we're going to put our message in front of but you know I would submit that there probably isn't anybody you don't want to impress with your brand and what about the target's influencers if you are that teenage boy and you're going to you know, and you know, you want to buy Axe body spray, you know, are you marketing just the teenage boy or are you wanting the mom to feel cool about buying Axe deodorant spray? So I, I'm, I guess the old fart marketer in me is kind of pushing back a little bit on uh, precision targeting as well. You know, and, and big news last week, I don't know if you uh, followed it, but Procter and Gamble, uh, the biggest advertiser on the planet, known as Procter and God in marketing circles, uh, announced that they're going to do a very significant pullback from Facebook advertising. Uh, why? They went too deep and too narrow, and they're they they're losing the reach and the frequency of mass media, which establishes their brands in the minds of the consumer and builds that favorability and purchase consideration. And these are, you know, these are tried and true processes over many, many years. Uh, I have a saying about, you know, the more things change, the more they stay insane when it comes to marketing. And one of the in things that's always just insanity about marketing is, the random acts of marketing that happen, the shiny object chasing that happens. Now that we've got 
um, everything measurable, chasing down all the minute changes in, in metrics. And I think sometimes we've lost sight of uh, the basics. And the basics, in my view, are the consumer behavior really hasn't changed much over all of these years. People still buy on emotion and they use logic to justify it. And that going for market share means going for mind share and going for mind share usually is, is making some sort of emotional connection. And you can do some really awesome emotional connecting in 30 seconds and 60 seconds, and you can move a lot of people to action. But, but then I'll check back in with you because I went walking right down the path to B2C product marketing. And you probably have a lot of audience members, you know, that are, that are consultants and maybe doing more, a B2B. So well, I certainly I welcome, some, welcome is, some questions there. So. Yeah. One thing that you helped me with, you know, I, I called Jim when I was thinking about how to market myself and how to market my business and how to reach out and frame uh, what I consider to be my personal brand. And, and you told me one story, which I really liked about um, Madman. Mad Men in particular, the show, and how you all sit around the table and the most common thing that you hear from clients, and you kind of used a visual there. And I liked it because what Jim helped me do is redefine sort of who is my target audience. And I think for new business owners, and oftentimes for longstanding business owners, it's really easy to get in the trap of my who's my client whoever is buying it's everybody everybody should use this i have the best idea i have the best product it's this and this and this and this yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but you helped me kind of frame it so you could could you tell them that story and yeah, yeah i will yeah and and i and i'm sure some are rolling their eyes listening to this saying here goes the old fart and now he's actually doubling down and making a madman reference but uh the reference was um uh it was essentially the Pep Boys, uh, Manny Moe and Jack, the aftermarket automotive retail uh, chain that came in and met with the creative staff. And the biz dev guy for the agency who just wants to get a deal closed and a sale made is putting forward, well, can't the slogan be, we're the pros shop and everyone's welcome? And then Don Draper famously said, well, no, those are two different strategies connected by the word and I can either do where the pros go or I can do where everyone's welcome, but I can't do both. And of course, the biz dev guy goes, well, sure you can, you know, and you know what, Cody, this actually just happened. It happens every day in my my life. It happened just yesterday. We have a, a mortgage client that is in a chicken in the egg. They They want to recruit more loan officers uh, to drive their business. That's going to be a big growth driver for them. But they also know that rates are so low right now, they want to kind of get into the game of just doing some consumer marketing and driving some new business. And it was the whole situation just unrolled right in front of my eyes. They were like, well, can't we just do both? Can't we just do in one commercial? Can't we just say, hey, buy a loan from us? And oh, by the way, if you're a loan officer, we're a really good place to work. And, and this is, this is, and this is why it's always like insanity in marketing. It, it, you know, people, business owners, especially, they don't have time to steep themselves in all this marketing theory. And, and they get probably a lot of bad advice from a lot of half-baked agencies who will have their own agendas and their own media biases. And then they get jerked around by 
people at media companies who have all their own media biases and marketing philosophies and worldviews when, you know, at the end of the day, it really isn't, it, it really actually isn't that hard. It's understanding who it is you're trying to reach, get focused around a singular message and, and create a, very importantly, create a category in the mind of the consumer and then use, use uh, what uh, we steal from Reese and Trout, the famous marketing offers, use a verbal uh, nail and a visual hammer. So one of the things I actually want to talk, tell your audience and point your audience to is you should go to Reese.com, R-I-E-S.com. Uh, Al Reese just got inducted into the Marketing Hall of Fame. And for those of you who are uninitiated, uh, he and another fellow, Jack Trout, wrote the, the definitive books on marketing, still to this day considered probably the greatest books in marketing. So if you want to become a marketing expert, uh, I'm sorry, an ardent student of marketing, um, you want to go to um, that website and you want to go buy and all those books. Uh, chiefly, you want to go buy Positioning and you want to go buy Marketing Warfare, and then you want to get your hands on the uh, 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing. You read those three books, and it will give you an outstanding foundation in marketing, whether you're doing B2B, B2C, product or service marketing. Fantastic. I'll make sure to link those in the show notes as well. Yep. Yep. Um, this is huge. So so basically, you've you've done your three steps that you've talked about. You've sort of framed who your uh, end or target client is. You think that you're one of those brands where you want to have a little bit of an ego. You want to be first in your space. So who who are some examples or what brands are some examples as to those that are doing this really well? Who can they go check out and look at that understand both traditional mass marketing and social marketing uh, and are maybe doing both of them the right way? So that's a that's a good question. Uh, you know the, the I, you know I guess I would probably maybe kind of flip the script a little bit and look at the brands that are the top in their categories, um, and uh, and then go look at what they do. There's a reason why they're number one. They're, you know, there's a reason why Coke always maintains a market share lead over Pepsi, uh, and it has a lot to do with emotional uh, based marketing. But then it also has a lot to do with very tactical shelf space negotiation they do with their grocer, which is then actually tied back to how the grocer's belief and how emotional uh, the the brand Coca-Cola is. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll think about like what are some new brands that are out there that have emerged that I think are uh, doing integrated marketing really well. And 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 I guess maybe we should even define integrated marketing. Yeah, exactly. that'd be great. What is that? What, how would you define integrated marketing? Well, you know, there's 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 some schools of thought on this, uh, and uh, and I'm trying not to be too esoteric here, but there are there are marketing disciplines. And then there are media channels, and those are different things. So typically, my worldview, integrated marketing integrates the major disciplines of marketing. Uh, those are, and there, there, there are four, but maybe there's a fifth, but they still teach this at Harvard Business School. The four disciplines are PR, promotion, sponsorship, 
and advertising. Those are the four big marketing disciplines. So integrated marketing can mean we're integrating our public relations efforts and our advertising efforts and our uh, sponsorship executions and our promotions that are going to be on brand strategy. We're integrating all of those. That's one way to look at integrated marketing. Another way to look at integrated marketing is more sort of on the media selection side of it. Well, we've established our brand position and we're going to integrate our media around that. So when we do TV, we're going to put a call to action to uh, Shazam this commercial, which is then going to lead to a mobile landing page for a second screen experience, where then we're going to have a continuity of message they heard on television at the landing page. And it's going to push the prospect further down to the purchase point. And then we're going to, we're going to get them to register and subscribe to that. And man, did we do a good job because we reached the right person and then we created an integrated media plan to be able to stay consistent with our message, have have the same consumer experience along that path, which means that we are credible and we are compelling and they're going to go make a purchase. So, that that that's two different ways, in my view, to look at in what when people say integrated marketing. There's a lot of people that think that integrated marketing is sort of, uh, by the way, you know, like a myth. You know, like it's actually um, unicorns and rainbows. That in major companies, there are two many silos and too many fiefdoms to protect and you've got the direct response guy over here you got the social media gal over there you got the advertising guy over here you got an ad agency that's placing media you got a creative agency that's doing strategy and you know and that's how do you pull all that together uh in one inconsistent uh, you know, platform and message execution. You know, I don't know. It's pretty tough at the local level, like in my company setting. That's where we really get to do a lot of integrated marketing because we, we're essentially the marketing services uh, extension of small and medium businesses here in Arizona, and we have their entire budget. It's not like it's not like a business owner is saying, well, yeah, I'm allocating 10% of my budget to digital and 40% of my budget to radio. But, you know, that business owner just, I just need to grow my business and I need to make the, the phones ring and the doors swing. Whatever you think is going to be the best, best mix, here's my budget, go make it happen. And so we get, we have a lot of fun with that because we, yeah, we get to actually do a lot of integrated marketing that can build a brand, but also drive leads in the near term, activate social media, build an email opt-in list and accomplish all of those things. And that's what I, that's what I get up and, uh, and get fired up about the day. Every day I get to go help a local company or business grow uh, again, provided that they want to grow and they need to grow market share is important to them. And, Uh, they actually do have a remarkable product or service, or at least they are open to allowing us to remarkably market their product or service. I love it. Well, let's, let's talk about like, let's break down a few of those. For instance, the email subscriber list, which I think is really relevant right now, because for instance, um, when I think about social media, what concerns me a small amount is that, um, you know, you, you spend all this time on social media, you build up your followership, and then 
like you mentioned, change happens. Let's say Instagram stories happens. And all of a sudden, let's say that your brand was, yes, you're on Instagram, but your brand was on Snapchat hugely, like uh, DJ Khaled or whatever his name is, right? So he has all these millions of followers, but now Instagram's kind of taken Snapchat and put it inside of Instagram and in some yeah. fashions. And yeah. so, you know, this, this, individual, he thought that he owned his follower list and he thought that he owned this, his brand on Snapchat. But at the end of the day, Snapchat owned those followers. Um, And, you know, and I think about it with MySpace. I mean, there's going back, right? What happened to the people who built up their follower list on MySpace? And now all of a sudden, MySpace is no longer and it's Facebook and Instagram and who knows what next, Periscope, Twitter. And so I think the idea of owning your followers with a subscriber list where no one can take that away from you or change the algorithm is hugely important. The thing is, how do you build it? What do you tell clients in that regard? Yeah. And by the way, bravo to you, because I I, I completely agree. And I think you're doing the right thing. We have a saying around here. We have lots of sayings around here. And one of them is social followers are great, but subscribers get you paid. Mm -hmm. And so what we do a lot of is we do a lot of promotion. Uh, You know, we'll talk a lot about Lead magnets, you're probably familiar with that phrase, with that phrase, which, you know, it's kind of a new age marketing phrase and an old fart marketer like me would go, oh, you mean like just an offer or promotion? Uh, well, we're going to call it a lead magnet now because, you know, it's a much more sophisticated pursuit. Um, <laughs> really, it really isn't, right? Uh, I, I will say the, 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 uh, the, more recent twist it would be you know, to offer a premium piece of content, um, you know, as as a way to collect email. So we do a lot of programs here. You know, download the guide, uh, the, the, the the eight secrets to uh, you know buying a better uh, home mortgage. Uh, you know, the seven ways to troubleshoot your AC system, um, those certainly can drive qualified uh, email subscribers to you. Uh, So can good old fashioned sales promotion. We just wrapped up a um, tires for life giveaway for a uh, independent automotive aftermarket uh, retail chain here, Purcell Tire and Service. And uh, we had over three weeks, we had about a thousand people hit the landing page for the tires for life promotion. 300 uh, indicated they were in the market for a uh, tires right now. Wow. Uh, we took that list, scrubbed it against their customer list. They already had 27 purchases from the promotion attributed back to us. And then we now get to nurture it through email automation, the other 283 or whatever the my, my math is bad today, uh, the other uh, 250 or so. And then we have another 300 in that list, by the way, that said, yeah, we're going to probably uh, be in the market for tires in about a year or so. So we can set those on down, you know, a different drip path and an email and, and personalize email campaigns. So, so lead magnets are certainly important and offers that are on strategy will get that email list built up for you. The, the premium content, uh, you know, could do it for you as well. And here comes an old fart marketer observation again, again, the, you know, these digital natives think they invent this stuff. And, you know, I have to remind everybody, uh, seriously call now for your free DVD. 
has been around for how long? You know, so, um, you know, I can get pretty snarky about the, the content marketing space because, you know, it's like, hey, we get it. Content marketers, storytelling is in. Uh, it always has been in. But at some point, you got to ask for the order. And you know what I do, and I'm just in such an experimental state, but you know, growing my, my one finance business um, subscriber list to, you know, 12,000 or something like that. And then growing this new um, side venture of mine at CodySanchez.com. It's been interesting. There are all these tools now to make it so much easier um, that, that I use. So for instance, we talked about this gym a little bit. You use HubSpot, which is pretty comprehensive, but I use lead pages in yep. order to create a really simplistic, really easy landing page. And you can change those consistently. And it's pretty inexpensive to incorporate. Um, and it can stay on brand by having, you know, similar pictures in your logo and everything. And, and it's pretty much idiot proof because even I can do it and I am by no shape or form a graphic designer. And then, you know, using yeah. services yeah. like MailChimp to collect all of the um, email yeah. addresses is, is pretty straightforward and integrates very easily with a WordPress site or with a Squarespace site, which is what mine um, is on. And what I find interesting, I think, is that if you have that foundation, so you have your lead pages or your lead magnets or whatever you want to call it, and you have your um, you know, subscriber list network, and then you have sort of your individual web page on Squarespace or WordPress, and this is more for entrepreneurs who are kicking it off, right. then I think what is really interesting is the idea of being able to bring in traditional marketing and ramp up the number of humans that you are able to touch because the most difficult part I find in marketing, especially online is the noise is so substantial that it is so easy to create quote unquote, good content, good ideas, have great products, and then lose all of it in the noise. So what do you see? You talk a lot about emotion, but in storytelling, what is it that grabs somebody or that grabs a listener and pulls them in when they're being really screamed at from so many different directions. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, if, if we all knew the answer to that, we'd all be so rich, wouldn't we? You know, we, we say around here, marketing, uh, if marketing was a science, then everybody would succeed, but it isn't, and they don't. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, there is so much, I, I used to, I used to say it's a mix of art and science. And it's funny, as I've grown older, I've started to say, actually, it's all art. Uh, but we use science to help us identify what's working and what's not. Like I'll hear the, every time I hear data driven marketing, it actually drives me crazy. It's no, it's idea driven marketing that's informed by data. It's not data driven marketing. So we, we, we go through the, we go through the think, feel, do exercise here. You know, what do you want the prospect to think about you? And by the way, that think that, you know, needs to be a point of difference. So how can we make the uh, target consumer think about you in a way that distinguishes you. And then the feel part is so, so critical. And so we'll talk a lot about triggers. You know, we'll talk about fear of missing out and, uh, you know, uh, a happiness trigger. Humor is obviously 
very important. Uh, there's a uh, there if you Google um, emotional branding uh, and SOS, I believe uh, is this uh, agency's name. There's a guy should have should have prepped this for your uh, podcast. It's okay. Uh, you can link it. Yeah, there's a guy who's who's doing a really good job of of mapping out the different emotional triggers that are being pushed in modern marketing executions, uh, mostly across TV. And it's, it's, it's really awesome stuff. So I think people want to feel uh, moved. They want to feel like they're hearing themselves in whatever story is being told. Uh, they want somebody to, to solve a problem for them. Uh, and they want, uh, they want it to be done, obviously, and it's always been this way. They, they want it to be done in, in, in an authentic way, um, e- even humor even way out there humor you know if it's ex- if it's still executed with a little wink and a nod and everybody's in on the joke together you know that's authentic too you know and so i think you've got to you know th- th- this is why this is why branding agencies get paid a lot of money you know to go to go gather insights so i guess maybe maybe what i want to come back to is this word insights every time i get asked a question about this i go well you know let's 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 talk about the process. The process is insights drive brand strategy, drive creative strategy. Without insights, you don't have anything. Every time we get stuck on a client assignment, it's because we're missing some key insight. We're on assignment right now for um, a uh, local landscaping company that is the exclusive distributor to an artificial turf product um, that is uh, 100% pet friendly. And, you know, it took us three meetings to finally get to the root of the business opportunity. And it took one of, it took one of their salespeople, uh, you know, to, in a focus group setting to finally blurt out, you know, 80% of our business is driven by this pet friendly product, right? And we're like, oh, that just got, you know, we were going to go to market with a broad truthaboutturf.com. And then we pivoted immediately and we're launching with dogfriendlyturf.com as the call to action. We're we're, uh, hooking in a humane society lead magnet. So when they get to the uh, uh, page to uh, see what this is that they just heard about. What do you mean? I, I get my dog can, you know, pee all over this and I have no problems. And at the landing page, our lead magnet is actually going to be framed as fill out our form and we'll fill up their dish. Uh, you fill out our form and we'll make a donation to the Arizona Humane Society and feed a pet for a week. And I think that's an example of, you know, in, in you know, both a think and feel and a do all wrapped together, uh, and we we think we're going to crush it, uh, and um, we're expecting to crush it, and and that's an example of you know kind of how to how to pull apart um, this emotional connection. It's got to come. It's got to come with some insight though, and it's got to come with some insight about who your target persona is, what makes them tick, what's their, what are their pain points, what makes them stay up at night. How can you be a part of that solution, and then uh, communicate that, uh, you know, creatively in as many different avenues as you can afford, and as many different touch points 
with media that um, that they consume every day. And that's what's making marketing harder than anything is that, you know, we've got all this media fragmentation going on, right? Yeah, but I love that call to action. And I love the integration of everything you talked about into something that stays on brand, but touches you. Stays on brand, but that touches you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, one other thing, this is a little off subject, but um, then again, you know, we're not one dimensional. Um, one, One thing that I think about when I think about you and the impact that you have um, above and beyond storytelling and above and beyond marketing and above and beyond sort of having this witticism and snark that's engaging um, is, is your, your ability to connect people. And, and maybe that's another way to do marketing that's even more old school, which I love that is, you know, connecting one human with another human. But I, I think of the example of like Carrie Pena, no? who yeah. is, uh, who is a, you know, Latina media mogul in Arizona and doing all these fun things and podcasting and traditional news and online and radio. And, you know, Jim and I were we're chatting and he, um, I think you actually connected us over Twitter. Yep. Um, Publicly. It was a public, uh, public connection. Yeah. And, and Jim, tell me your Twitter handle again. So everybody has that to follow you. Sure. It's uh, Jim underscore nap. Uh, so J I M underscore K N A P P. Perfect. So make sure you check out Jim. His, his tweets are always worth a read. Um, and we'll link that in the show notes. But so Jim connected me to Carrie and just said, you know, you two need to meet. Here's why. Um, so Carrie and I are now chatting on a few things. We're going to film something actually in September when oh, I come great. back. Great. Yeah. Um, but I think that art is a little bit lost. And, and I'll hmm. tell you an example. So today I got a a, a DM on Instagram from somebody wanting me to buy their marketing, um, you know, their Instagram marketing program. And, um, and it was kind of cracking me up because the, the, it was so pushy, right? It's like, do this because we think you should have all these extra followers and here's why. And, um, so I kind of, I pinged him back and said, Hey, one salesperson to another, you know, before you're going to ask me to do X and Y, like you should probably get me a little something, you know, like you, you gotta give before you get. And I think you do an incredible job of that with connecting humans and with doing things like this, giving ideas. Um, and so I guess my question here for you is, one, do you have a strategy around how you connect interesting individuals? Um, and do you have a strategy at all around sort of that giving before taking model, which is something I've always thought of with you in particular? You know, so the, the latter question is really pushing my button because I've been, I've been really trying to 